0: Welcome to Game Changers Live from Miami, Florida. My name is Sergio Tijera. I'm your host. And each and every week, we bring you someone who has been a game changer in their field and who's touched the lives of thousands to get their perspective on their journey, their mindset, their struggles and successes so that we can inspire you on your journey. So let's get started right now. And welcome, welcome to Game Changers Live from Miami, Florida, wherever you may be and wherever you may be listening. You can catch us every Tuesday on Facebook Live, on YouTube Live, on LinkedIn, on Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And each and every week, we bring you someone who has been a game changer in their field and who's touched the lives of thousands. And to get their perspective on their journey, their mindset, their struggles, and their successes, so we can inspire you. On your journey. And so if you like what you hear, please subscribe and share this or any of the great episodes with someone who needs to hear it. You can find them all on GameChangersLive.co or on the YouTube channel as well. So I have a very special guest here today. Joining me live on Game Changers is none other than the local hometown success story, Judge Christine Bandon. Welcome
1: Thank you very much. And thank you for having me, for inviting me. It's it's quite an opportunity and I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So a little background. So Judge Bandon currently, she presides in the Domestic Violence Division of the 11th Judicial Circuit in Miami-Dade, where she's just been elected recently in the recent election for with over 250,000 votes, which is spectacular. Judge Bandon has been a model in the Miami-Dade community all her life, She was born and raised here. She took pride in capitalizing on every educational opportunity the community had to offer. So she attended uh, Lourdes Academy. So many of you uh, know about Lourdes and she went on to earn a bachelor's degree in business administration from FIU in 2001. She also served as a comptroller for Miami Law Women, an organization that encompasses students with similar beliefs and goals for the advancement of women within the legal profession. And upon accomplishing uh, her education, she was admitted into the Florida Bar Association, accompanied by the Dade County Bar Association and the Cuban-American Bar Association. Plenty of bars to go around. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was recognized as a rising star by the Florida Super Lawyers, a distinction earned by no more than the top two and a half percent of young practicing attorneys. And finally, she was appointed by Governor Rick Scott in October 2018 and recently won her seat in the most recent election. She's a genuine, kind, and admirable leader, and also an amazing mom. So, welcome to the show, Judge Bandit. Thank you
1: very, very much. I appreciate it. Like I said before, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to share my experiences with uh, with you and whoever's listening, and whoever I can help, you know, pave the path. That would be wonderful.
0: So, you've had a uh, obviously a, a tremendous career and and upbringing. Tell me, take me back to, to your childhood and, and kind of, you know, the way you were raised. And did you always want to become a judge? Is that something that you aspired to be as a fifth grader?
1: No, nope. I aspired to be an attorney as a fifth grader. Um, I had that background in me. My mother and I would would debate all the time. I For anybody who, anybody who grew up in Miami, if they're aware of the show Que Pasa USA, that sure. was that that was my life. Uh the chaperoning, <laughs> the overprotective mom who I love dearly. Um, but it was a challenge. So I uh so she and she and I would debate. Um and I at a very young age wanted to be an attorney. That was the goal that I that I had wanted originally. I the judge I never even thought about that until later on in life.
0: So um, So negotiating with your mom as to whether you can have a curfew of midnight instead of ten PM was were you winning those battles or not?
1: <laughs> I w- I wasn't, but l- I'm just gonna say I was crafty. We're just gonna leave it at that. <laughs>
0: excellent, excellent. And then, um, you know, growing up, you you went to Lourdes, You went to FIU. You're you're very involved there. Tell me about that time.
1: So I went to Lords. Um, it is an all-girls school. We it, it it's a school that's actually dedicated to community service. So that's where my original. Um, desire or liking uh, to public service kind of began without actually realizing it. I didn't actually realize that I enjoyed public service at the time, I just knew what felt good. Um, So from from a humanistic perspective. Um, So I went to Lourdes and then I went to FIU, I did join a uh, sorority and and, uh, my sorority sisters were actually quite amazing during my election. We were very. We, we did have a couple of philanthropic things that we we dealt with, or we had anorexia nervosa being one of them, cystic fibrosis being another, and um and that's that's that was my path in in the beginning, high school and and, and um college, and then I went to University of Miami for law school.
0: So you were following the breadcrumb, so to speak. You're you're following what felt good, right?
1: In that in that well, I always knew I wanted to be an attorney. Um, and life, uh, certain things were placed on my in my lap to a certain extent, I made choices obviously, but I knew that the public service world was the area I kind of wanted to develop into. Uh, and what I mean by that is, although I did wanna be an attorney originally, I thought I would be a prosecutor or a US attorney or an FBI agent, so all yeah. in the public service realm.
0: Excellent, excellent. And so then uh, you went on to UM Law School. You started practicing, right? And and you've held several positions, including partner at some firms. Um, you know, what has been what has been the most challenging thing you've had to face as either an attorney or a judge in your in your lifetime? And how did you get past that?
1: So, as an attorney, um, I would say. Getting that first job right out of out of law school, that was difficult. And they and they they tell you, which I I did. They tell you, don't take the first job out of law school. Um, you don't actually learn in law school what you're going to practice. Everything you learn in law school is is textbook. You don't really learn the practice of law until you're in the practice of law. So I took my first job at a pri- at a private firm. Um, and I will tell you that despite the fact that it wasn't my favorite job, I learned a lot, but that was the most challenging as far as just the, just going from school to a firm billing and, and getting used to that mind frame was, was challenging really.
0: Yeah. And so what, what could you advise? Like if, if you're, if you're a college student, you're getting out of college right now, you're, you're obviously into a very difficult time, much different than where, where, when you came out and when we came out. What can what advice can you give to them to to get them to persevere and to not get down on themselves if, if things don't happen the way it's supposed to happen?
1: Keep trying. Ultimately, keep trying. I didn't go to law school, so when I um, graduated from FIU, I actually took some time off. I didn't go to law school because I did not. I don't. I don't remember the exact score that I got on the LSAT, but I don't remember that it was something that I at the time, along with my writing assignment, which I don't remember, so long ago. I remember that I didn't get in originally to UM, which is where I wanted to go. And I had to put it off for a year and I ended up working. So you try again and you try and you try until you achieve and you perfect and you you make yourself better to the point where you get where you want to get. You just keep trying. This world is different. I, it's, it's incredibly challenging to be in this virtual world. You have to be dedicated in a way that I don't think a lot of people are dedicated. It's very difficult to sit in front of a computer screen and learn. Not everybody can do that. Um, but but the point is, you need to persevere. This is the these are the lemons that you were handed, and and you just have to go with it and 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 just push through it, and it'll get better.
0: And so a lot of people are out of their comfort zone right now with with everything going on, either COVID or being you know out of the market. They get fired. They have to reset. And it puts people in very, uh, uncomfortable, uh, you know, positions, right. Just emotionally, mentally, um, self-confidence wise, you've been one who, who you've always pushed yourself, your limits, your comfort zone. And when we push hard enough, we get into what's called the imposter syndrome where we kind of, you know, start doubting ourselves and say, what are we doing here? You know, do I really belong in this, in this space? Has that ever crossed your mind? Has that, have you ever encountered that?
1: Um, during the election process, that was the most exhaust, I I don't, unless you were in that world, because it's countywide, and and when you think, oh, well, countywide isn't that big of a deal, countywide is very large, and in COVID, where you can't really campaign in the way you normally would, there was plenty of times where I kind of threw my hands up and said, I can't do this anymore. Um, And then I would give myself... Five or ten minutes of sulking, like of crying, of venting, and then you know I, I've also surrounded myself with a village who helped me and who allowed me to vent and 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 then pushed me back up and said, "You're at the finish line. Just just you're gonna do it. Just keep pushing."
0: That's right. Yeah, having that support network is is incredibly uh, incredibly helpful when when you're in that position. But you know what? It, you know when you don't have it. Let's say you don't have that huge network that uh, that you were you know so so thankful to have. What can others do to get you know? When did you find yourself at some point in your life, you know, that you kind of felt by yourself, and and you were just you know you had to pick yourself back up, right?
1: You embrace whatever. You embrace whatever it is. And, and I've had friends ask me the same thing. You have to find your happy place, whatever that happy place is. For me, um, I actually would go to church. That was my happy place. I would sit in church and just, and just cry and then bring myself up and put myself together. For one of my friends, it was um, meditation. It was just sit in a room, close, turn everything off, and just close your eyes and breathe. Um, you have to, I guess, the the beginning before you before you get to the point where you're breaking down. You have to find what that one place, that one thing, that's going to bubble back, whatever it is, that one thing that you can always go back to, where you can just kind of break down for a minute. It'll help you yeah. pick yourself back up, and and you go breathing is all obviously is also very important. Just. Taking a second and breathe really deeply for two minutes—it it, it does a lot.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and so that's that's interesting having that anchor place, kind of your your happy place where you can kind of go and, and let <laughs> and cry it out, so to speak, right? Just kind of let all that out. You feel better, and then kind of pick yourself back up and 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 get after your goals.
1: Yeah, yeah. everybody I mean. has, everybody has those moments. There's we're all human, and as humans, we all have those moments where you're thinking I've been taken to the breaking port and I can't do this anymore. And you're allowed to you're allowed to, I mean, I'm saying break down, not break down, break down, but you're allowed to have that moment of I can't do this anymore. And just just do your thing. But as long as you know that you ultimately, once you've let go of those emotions, you're going to pick yourself up and you're just going to keep going because you can. You absolutely can. You just just need to keep on pushing.
0: And so the process of if you read um, uh, Carol Dweck's work, Dr. Carol Dweck, she has a book called Mindset, and it's t- talking about growth mindsets and fixed mindsets. And so the the main difference is that fixed mindsets are feel like they are who they are, and they can't necessarily grow past who they are, and they're always going to be who they are. And obviously, growth mindsets are looking at you know falling in love with the process of growth that involves falling that involves getting hurt, that involves risk, um, as opposed to just the result. Cause we, if we hang all our, uh, all our eggs on the result, that's out of our control. We may be putting ourselves out there at somebody else's, you know, will, and basically, you know, we're not in control of that result, but if we're we're in control of the process in terms of, you know, the grind, the everyday, the things that we, the small things that we do every day that we have control over, I think life becomes a lot better. And so what are some things that you do every day that help you grow, that help you stay sane, that help you stay balanced? What are some of those things that you do?
1: Um, Some of the things that I do to help me stay balanced is really just making sure that I have a schedule that somewhat gives me balance. I do have a five-year-old daughter that I come home to and that's my level of balance um i i you know as much as i enjoy my job and i really do i love my job um you know at the end of the day i need a break and that and that is my break um so just finding a way to to fit whatever your break might be into your life um growth also by the way includes failing and as long as you can accept that you can fail and it, make it a teaching moment, make it something that you learn from so that you can then be better so that you don't fail again is also part of the process. I, I did not find campaigning comforting. I actually am an introvert by nature. I don't like interviewing. This is not my favorite thing in the world by any stretch of the imagination. Um, And I I had to embrace it and it was either embrace it or, or fail. And the first interviewer two, I considered them failures, because I was not articulate, I was nervous, I mixed up my words. um, But I went back, I looked at the video, I fixed my language, it was they were Spanish interviews, I'm not as great in Spanish. And, and And I learned from it. And then as I continued to do something that I felt completely uncomfortable with, I got better at it. I don't love it. And I and I can't tell you that I'm ever going to love it. I don't think that this is my my world. But, um, but I like sharing my experiences with other people because I know that other people don't like this either.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and it's funny because you're you're a judge and you're sitting there on the bench in front of everybody in the spotlight. Yet you don't like to be interviewed. So it's it's kind of a contradiction. So I
1: know. I tell people all the time, my courtroom is my home. It's, I don't see anybody outside of the two parties that are in front of me, and maybe they're attorneys, and even sometimes I ignore the attorneys because it's really about the parties, although they don't want to hear that. Um, it's my home. It's a different feel. I don't, I don't know.
0: That's cool. So we're on with uh, Judge Christine Bandon uh, from the 11th uh, Judicial Circuit here in Miami-Dade County. So very happy to have her on the show. And so we're talking about, you know, her journey and, and her obstacles and, and how do you overcome some fears and some things that we were uh, just mentioning right now. And so, you know, one of the things that I do and I advise my clients to do at the end of every day is to look back at your day and celebrate your wins. Because a lot of times we just pass over our wins way too quickly and we focus in on, on what we did wrong. Oh, that interview, I didn't say something right in that interview. Oh, I sounded, I sounded bad and we tend to beat ourselves up. And we beat ourselves up much, probably much more than we recognize ourselves in terms of our successes and our wins. And so as a mom, how do you do that with your kids, with your daughter, you know, for example, are there, are there things that, that you would recommend to parents to help them um, also um, improve their, their kids' self image and how they feel about themselves and and celebrating their wins with them?
1: So first that's a, Excellent idea. I've never thought about it that way. And that is a phenomenal idea. I love that. Um, As far as my daughter goes, raising children is hard, very hard. But it's, you know, (laughs) it's very hard. um, And there are days that you just you're like, "I'm, I'm tired. But your win is your child's win and your child's win is yours. That's right. So um, my, my daughter last night said she was so, she loves Halloween. So do I. Um, so she was very excited because she did a pumpkin out of Play-Doh and she wanted it to dry. And so I celebrated with, with her. She was so happy about it that it was like, her happiness made me happy and then so that made it all better for me so essentially it's it's just remembering that the small things as small as that might be is a win no matter what
0: absolutely and and those small things really carry forward in their minds as they grow up and that builds confidence there's building blocks right every day and and what we say counts I mean it's really important what we say and um, you know, one of the things you mentioned is just sometimes you come home from work and you're tired and you're just, you're, you're, you know, you're frustrated, you're beat up. And the last thing you want to do is it, it's very hard to switch, right? Flip the switch, but we have to be careful what we say, cause that sticks in, you know, in their minds.
1: Absolutely. And, and I don't, really, I, I mean, like I said, it's, it's one of those things where you just, there has to be a lot of self-reflection. You just have to you have to do a lot of self-reflection, so you don't let your aggravation translate, because then you end up apologizing to the child for for doing something that you didn't intend to do. Um, but it's I don't it I don't know I don't I don't know. <laughs> Good,
0: stuff. Good stuff. So a- as we start wrapping this up, what has been the game changer for you? You know, in your life, what what was that one defining moment where things really just clicked or they changed or they, you know, they you found this this inspiration that is, has taken you to through today.
1: So it's very it's very difficult to say that there was one defining moment because there really wasn't a defi- there wasn't one solitary defining moment. There was a number of things that happened that changed my course from being an attorney to being a judge, um, stemming from interning with a uh, late uh, judge Roberto Pinedo, who I, I, I interned, I had no real, this was not at all what I was looking at. And he was such a great mentor to me um, and taught me how to see world from a judge's perspective, which is very different. So it was that small piece. And then after that, I in, I entered with the state attorney's office and, saw, and was with another judge. Um, and then finally, one of my colleagues introduced me to Um, what the Judicial Nominating Commission is, and the JNC process, and the application process. And um, so there was a couple of steps that led me into this direction. I guess the only one defining moment, which is really an experience that I had with one particular judge, I was in front of one particular judge, I think right out of law school. It may have been. I had started working at a firm for two weeks, and we went in front of the judge, and the judge, the, the attorney started arguing, and the judge stopped the attorney and said, well, wait, wait, I don't know what the facts of this case are. And the attorney said, well, it's in my motion. And her response was, well, I, I don't read those. And I thought to myself, this can't be right. Like, <laughs> this just can't be right. So that that experience is is, is where the initial, there's the, that is not the attitude to take for a judge came from and then it just everything just worked out the way that it needed to
0: and so when you when you were interning um with this gentleman that who was the mentor for you is that when you when it clicked for you and you said oh wow i can i can be a judge that's something real for me that this could happen
1: it it kind of did it kind of did um i would continue to visit him through through way because he did pass away um earlier on in life because of heart attack. But so I continued to visit him. I, I interned with him during law school and I continued to go see his see him when he changed from the civil division to the family division. Um, and he really did, he kind of pushed me in that direction without pushing me. He made me aware of how amazing of a job it is. He was a great judge.
0: Fantastic. But- Christine, this has been a pleasure having you on Game Changers. I've loved this. You've had a tremendous insights as to you know everything from your journey to to being a mom to uh, some advice for for graduating you know seniors out of college who are looking to enter the game, enter the workforce. It's been it's been tremendous. So thank you so much for being on. And if uh, if you like this episode and you like other episodes of Game Changers, make sure to get us on Spotify or or Google Podcasts. Also, gamechangerslive.co, as well as the YouTube channels. Be sure to subscribe and share this with a friend who wants to hear this, who you think it'd be valuable to. So, again, thank you so much, Christine. It was great having you on. And thank you. We'll you
1: and thank you for your time and letting me on and le- letting me speak. I appreciate it.
0: For sure. Take care. You too. If you loved what you heard in today's episode of Game Changers, please subscribe and rate us. The lessons and the stories in these podcasts are immensely valuable, so I invite you to share them with a friend who needs to hear it. You may end up being the game changer in their lives.